This is Garden Variety, a horticulture podcast from Iowa Public Radio and Iowa State University Extension and Outreach. I'm Charity Nebbe. As we approach the second anniversary of the 2020 derecho, there are a lot of newly planted trees in Iowa. Good care can help them grow strong. And lucky for us, we have Jeff Isles, professor and chair of the horticulture department at Iowa State University, here to tell us how to take care of our newly planted trees. Hello, Jeff. Good morning, Charity. Thank you for being here. And let's start at the very beginning. Let's start with uh, picking the right tree to plant when we go to the nursery. Hopefully we've already gone through all of the important work of, of figuring out what kind of tree we want. But how do you pick a good one? Yeah. Well, first off, you have to find a, find a good nursery. And, and we're lucky and I would have lots of them. Um, but if you live in, in a more rural area of the state, you might have to travel some. Now, my wife and I make it a habit. Whenever we travel, we visit nurseries. That, that's that's what we do. In fact, we threaten to leave our stepson at one destination so we can make more room for plants. <laughs> and I think that's okay. I, I Please don't turn me in to human services. But uh, but anyway, uh, finding that right nursery. And, and so you might have to travel some. Uh, and then, of course, getting plants home from the nursery can be a bit of a challenge, too. You, you don't want to put plants in the back of a pickup and go down the road at 60 miles an hour. Uh, so, so taking some care to get plants home in in good condition because some damage can occur uh, in uh, on that ride home. Um, and the good news is we we do have lots of great nurseries in the state. We typically traffic in a lot of container grown plants uh, the, these days. We we don't buy as many bald and burlap plants or bare root plants as we used to. And so container grown plants are pretty easy to uh, to transport, get home, uh, and we can take our time getting them in the ground if we if we take uh, care to water them. Uh, as they await installation. Are there any red flags that we should look for when we are picking out the right tree? Yeah. You know, our selection is always better in the spring. Now, of course, nurseries have a pretty good selection throughout the year, but your best selection is always in the spring. And, of course, plants that that, that sit on a sales lot all summer long, it's a tough life, right? Uh, it's hot, it's dry, it's windy. And uh, and so you you look for plants that have not been scuffed up or damaged by the elements, you try to find plants that have been watered properly. Uh, and I occasionally take plants out of their containers. Uh, I don't think the nursery proprietors like that, but I take them out and look at the root systems. And I try to avoid those that have been in pots way too long. You, you'll occasionally run into a tree or a shrub that has been in the pot way too long, and they're extremely pot-bound. Now, that doesn't mean they're lost causes, but it does mean you have to do some extra work before they go in the ground. You probably couldn't resist a really, really good bargain, though, oh. <laughs> on one of those. I know a lot of people toward the end of the season find some great deals on trees. And, and well, like you said, they're not necessarily a lost cause, right? You're always looking for that uh, that, that one-off, that, that special plant that you just have to have. And I, you know, being the arrogant person that I am, I can save anything. So right. it, I'm going to bring it home. It's like, it's like that <laughs> little puppy you find. But, so you bring it home and you, and you do your best. And most of the time, you're successful, but um, right, it, it's fun. I mean, that's what what this is. It's fun to plant trees. It's fun to watch your your yard grow and mature. It's great for the environment, great for the economy. So this is all good stuff, right? All right. Well, let's talk through just a little bit of, I know we can talk a long time about planting, but just some basic good practices for planting that tree. Right. Well, let's go back to that container-grown plant because that's typically what we deal with. And, and again, if that plant has been in the pot any time, any length of time, you probably have some circling roots. And you've, you just have to do your best job to, to break up that root mass. Now, you can use a knife. You can use a saw. 
You can use your hands, but but you have to break that root mass up and help those roots begin to grow outward instead of spiraling around. And that's going to help shorten the, the, the transplant shock period, the establishment period. As we've talked many times, Charity, getting the plant into the proper depth is, is also critically important. So dig a nice wide hole, uh, but not overly deep. You don't want the plant in the ground too too deeply. Um, and with container-grown plants, we typically have to stake them. With, with the winds that we've had this spring, that's, that's all the reminder I need to know that uh, a lot of our newly planted trees require some help <laughs> remaining upright. And so a couple of stakes and using some soft material to go around the trunk, uh, strips of cloth, old nylon stockings work very well, but making sure that whatever we use to stake plants doesn't cause any abrasions or mechanical damage. Uh, and then, of course, the magic elixir is water. Uh, uh, and, and with a container-grown plant during the kind of weather we've just had, it might require daily irrigation. As that plant gets established, we can back off on the amount and frequency. But uh, uh, the question I often get is, when do you turn a tree loose? When do you just stop worrying about it? Uh, it's kind of like those adult children. I'm not sure you ever do stop worrying about them, but uh, it might be five or seven years down the road before you can feel pretty assured that the plant has, has firmly established itself. When you say you don't want to plant it too deep, right. how do you know? Um, what I would ideally like to find in a, in a tree, for example, is some kind of a, a trunk flare. If you walk through the woods, you'll often see trees, you should see trees, that, that have a distinct, uh, easily identifiable, identifiable trunk flare. Uh, that should be identified in the, in the potted plant as well. But sometimes the trunk flare is deeper in the soil than what we might expect. Uh, and so you might have to do some poking around uh, and also look for, for major roots right below the soil surface. You want those uh, close to the soil surface as well. Uh, many times when, when plants are potted up in the spring in a container, they are, they are purposely put in the, in the pot too deeply. I think it helps, helps stabilize them, but, but you've got to be careful with that. Uh, so I, I've given you kind of a garbled message, but it, but it, it all goes back to, to breaking up that root system and, and trying to get that plant in the ground uh, not, not too deeply. The, the consequences of planting too deeply are, are not good. You can have roots that begin to wrap around the trunk, and we see that over and over again, especially with maples. Um, so maybe the best thing to do is, is ask for some guidance at the garden center before you leave, and, and the proprietor there, the, the employees there can can set you on the right path. We also have some really good extension materials that you can you can access as well. Now, back to watering. Um, we're talking about watering right after you plant a tree, but of course, people have relatively young trees. Maybe they planted last year. Maybe they planted the year before. And how many years do you have to think about continuing yeah. to water these relatively new trees? Yeah. Again, for, for when I think of Trees that need our attention, I'm thinking of those from from day one, if they were planted this spring, to those that maybe were planted four or five years ago. I'm not quite ready to turn them loose yet. And when we go into these hot, dry periods, I, I think giving them some extra help, even those that are five or six years old, is, is beneficial. Just remember that the root system of that plant it has, has grown, at least we hope it's grown. And so when you're providing water, at least water the area under the drip line and maybe just outside of the drip line on, on these older trees. Um, and, of course, I'm a big fan of, of uh, getting rid of turf grass competition. I love turf, but, but it will compete with that, that tree. So replacing turf with mulch is always a good plan.
And mulch has other benefits as well, not just uh, reducing competition, but retaining moisture. Right. Retains moisture, uh, returns organic matter to the soil, helps with weed control. I think it looks good. Uh, not everybody agrees, but, uh, but I think it's a, it's a good thing. And there's a, a, a variety of mulches you can use. I prefer the shredded bark materials. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the dyed mulch, but that's just personal preference. But we're talking, you know, organic mulches, wood mulches, uh, rock, um, probably not the best, the best choice. Uh, so let's let's stick with the uh, the wood type materials, wood like materials. Can you overdo with the mulch? You can. Uh, we we see evidence of that all over the place. Uh, I, I shoot for two to four inches. Uh, just keep it off the trunk, uh, but two to four inches spread evenly under the under the drip line works uh, works very well. When you start getting deeper. It, it can deflect water from the root system. That's not what we want. If we heap it up onto the trunk, uh, that, can, that can cause excess moisture and, and, and issues there. So uh, no, no mulch volcanoes, as Mark Vitosh is famous <laughs> for saying. And it does protect from the mower as well when oh, you man, get yeah, the, yeah. the mulch around the tree. Right, right. So this is not a, a segment about pruning, but as a young tree grows, what do you need to be thinking about structurally to make sure that that tree is as strong as it can be? So hopefully it can withstand the next derecho. For most of our shade trees, I, I try to develop a central leader, and I, I try to stay with it for as long as I can. When it when it gets too far off the ground, then the tree is on its own. But good central leader development, good branch spacing, uh, for example, lateral uh, scaffold branching, you want those 12 to 18 inches apart. Uh, I want good symmetry around the tree. But maybe most importantly, I, I want two-thirds of that tree in branches and in leaves. Uh, all too often, I see trees that have been limbed up prematurely. And so resist the temptation to take those lower limbs off of trees too soon. So when you stand back and look at the plant, I, I want to see two-thirds of that plant in greenery. And then as, uh, as the tree grows, we can gradually limb them up. Uh, but but that, that, those lower branches are, are providing a useful function. They're, they're helping develop stem taper. They are warding away people, which is sometimes a, a, a good thing. And there's some evidence to suggest that lower branches prevent sun scald damage, which is sometimes a problem on, uh, on maples and on lindens. You mentioned staking the trees to give them a little bit of support. And I know some people stake trees and leave them staked almost forever. Do you have some words of warning about how long a tree needs that kind of support? Yeah, you know, you're right. Sometimes trees are staked too long, and then we have girdling issues. So it'd be nice to get them off in a year. So if I stake my tree that I planted in May of 2022, then I sure would like to get that stake off by spring of 2023. And usually that works pretty well. But even in that interim, the, the trunk diameter is going to increase, we hope. So be careful that whatever you've wrapped around the trunk isn't girdling the trunk, because you will get trunk diameter development uh, early on in that plant. Um, but, um, but you're right, that, those are, that's a good cautionary tale, Charity. Don't leave those stakes on too long. Are you a fan of some of the watering devices that we can buy to help us out with the, this intensive watering period, like the bags that go around the tree? Um, um, I, I don't, do you, are, are we sponsored by any of those groups? We Charity? are not. We are absolutely not. Total <laughs> honesty is what we're looking for, Jeff. I don't, I don't want to ruin your... Your sponsorship? Uh, no. I mean, not that I'm a fan, but I, I just think that if we start relying on those gadgets, it's too easy to, to, to forget what we're doing. 
one of the big problems I have is they concentrate a lot of area, a lot of water in a small area over that over that root system. Now that's fine in the first couple of months, but remember those roots are going to continue to grow outward. And so if we're only watering right around the trunk, we're, we're missing watering a lot of the, a lot of the other roots. So. They're okay, but I'd, I'd rather use my garden hose and my right arm. Jeff Isles, professor <laughs> and chair of horticulture at Iowa State University. For more gardening information, please subscribe to Garden Variety, our newsletter. Find out more at ipr.org garden. This is Horticulture Day. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Garden Variety is a production of Iowa Public Radio and Iowa State University Extension. It's produced by me, Aaron Style, Caitlin Troutman, and the Iowa Public Radio talk show team. For more garden goodness, please subscribe to our Garden Variety newsletter. Just go to iowapublicradio.org slash garden. I'm Charity Nebbe. See you next time.